What's up, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of the Up Tempo Podcast. Tonight, I'm your host, Blake Lane, and we're joined by our two co-hosts, Dalton Garrett and Dalton Lane. And we are also bringing on another guest by the name of Tony Butt. He will be going over the Alabama Crimson Tide Force. Uh, guys, how are y'all doing tonight? Hey, uh, man, just sitting here wanting to talk a little bit about uh, recruiting last week, and and we want to dive into uh, Jimbo Fisher and and his comments about the number one class on the NIL deals, and and I know that's that's had a lot of noise. And then we're going to go into the Brian Harson situation at Auburn, and then at the very end of the show, guys, we're gonna we're gonna spice it up a little bit for you listeners, and we're gonna throw out some dark horse Heisman's. Uh, some dark horse playoff teams. Who could possibly be the next guy on the hot seat in the SEC? Um, that's one to think about for y'all fellas. Uh, and, and just spice it up a little bit at the end of the show for you guys. Um, but but first, we're going to go right into recruiting and National Signing Day that just happened this past week. And I'm going to kick it over to DG, and we are going to get the Florida Gators uh, right from Dalton Garrett. So, uh let me hear it, man. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Florida's class ended up being 25th in the country. Uh, when Napier took over, I think it was like 76th or 79th or somewhere in that range. Um, obviously, early signing day, we had some big hits that we weren't really – our couple that we weren't expecting um, with Kamari Wilson and then Shamar James, who everybody thought were both going to Georgia, and we were off to pull them. Um, and then from early signing day all the way up until – um, this past weekend, or past week Sunday, Florida was able to get some elite prospects on campus, both for, you know, obviously this week, this year's class, but also next year's class. Um, going into Wednesday last week, there were three guys that were kind of like big-time looks, like Washington, Florida, on top of a guy who had been committed to Florida since, I want to say, September, maybe, mm-hmm. and he didn't decommit, nor did... Um, Billy pulled his offer. Billy stuck the offer with him, but, you know, and, and he let the guy still get recruited. The guy didn't sign early signing day. Mm-hmm. He started getting love from Kentucky, Alabama, LSU, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, you know, maybe, maybe he's gonna flip." Blah blah. But we ended up signing the guy. named Jalen Farmer, offensive tackle from Georgia. Yep. And uh, even though he's a three star, if, if the big dog Nick Saban starts coming over somebody, you know, you know, he, he's pretty, the kid must be putting some good stuff on tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a good, it was a big win for Florida, even though, you know, star rating might not be as high. Um, Florida did and didn't have a great, I guess, past Sunday. I mean, depending on who you ask, the three prospects that we were looking for, Trevante Citizen, uh, Harold Perkins, and Jacoby Matthews. Um, Trevante Citizen obviously ended up going to Miami, which, to me, that wasn't much. I mean, sure, Florida was going to run and it would be great to get him, but looking at Florida's running back room, I didn't really think it was a take we needed. Mm-hmm. We got DeMarcus Bowman. We got Lorenzo Lingard. We've also brought in two guys just in this class with uh, Trevor Etienne and then Montel, Montreal Johnson from uh, Louisiana that transferred in with Billy Napier. So it was going to be a crowded running back room. So it might be have a lot to do why he didn't go to Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins was one that I think a lot of Florida people thought we had a really, really good shot to get. Um, I think if Florida would have gotten the last visit, I think we would have gotten Harold Perkins by the fact that it was us. And then he visited LSU one more time. I think ultimately is what won LSU for him. Mm-hmm. And the fact he's from Louisiana, 
his whole family was kind of like big LSU guy, like one of them LSU. So, uh, you know, that was, that was kind of a miss for Florida. And then Jacoby Matthews, the um, safety out of Louisiana, and I'm going to Texas a and uh, But, you know, at, all in all, I mean, you're looking forward to class, the way it ended up, you know, rounding out top 20, 25, 25th ranked class. Sure, it's not, don't look great. Um, and that's 25th on the on three recruiting. I don't know, it might be higher on some other websites, but on three puts yeah. all the other recruiting services together and averages it out. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of our fans were upset we missed on people, or some of our fans were, oh, you know, we could have had a top 15 class if he'd have, if he'd have kept some of the guys that were already in the class, he took the job. And they were all with Dan Mullen and Jim McElwain and all these people. They, hired, they, they, they signed better transition classes and, you know, you always have those negative names, but a lot of, you know, a lot of thoughts all were how far people were talking about, you know. Billy Napier came in, told everybody, hey, be patient. I'm a clean house. I'm going to get rid of the people I don't think, you know. Not that these kids aren't good, but I'm going I'm to evaluate the kids that I, the way I want to evaluate them. If they're going to be fits, we'll keep them. If not, we'll move on. Um, and then, like, also for, you know, we signed, let's see, 17 high schoolers, but then we got five kids out of transfer portal. One being Jalen Kimmer, which was he was a projected starting quarterback for Georgia this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Miller was the backup quarterback for Ohio State. Then we got Montreal Johnson from Louisiana, who was the freshman uh, player of the year in the Sun Belt. Mm-hmm. Then we got Osiris Torrent, who is an offensive guard, or offensive mm-hmm. tackle, who on last week ESPN put out their way too early preseason AP All-Americans. He was the first team All-American. So even though... Ranking-wise, Florida may have not signed some huge, you know, crazy class like Texas a or Georgia or something. Mm-hmm. Florida signed a pretty solid class. I think Florida's got um, a good good momentum going into next year. Florida's really been recruiting the state of Florida heavy because there's a lot of talent in Florida next year. Also, it's going to be a fun year for Florida recruiting. I really do. Yeah, man, and and you know, I think you're. I think you guys are in a lot better shape with what you got now than with what you had in Dan Mullen. Uh, and and what he done, you know, just just a few months on the job is absolutely incredible. And you know, we've said it multiple times before. Florida's on the come up, and we're excited to see it. Uh, now I want to kick it over to Tony Butt, and uh, man, give us a rundown on the Alabama Crimson Tide and their recruiting class that they just got. Yeah, man, it was it wasn't a very interesting signing day for Alabama fans either. We only signed one guy out of the twenty, I think. Three that we signed overall. Most mm-hmm. everybody highlighted like uh, Jeremiah Alexander and like G.I. Campbell and guys like that. They all signed on early, same day period. But yeah, overall, I mean, it was a great class. I mean, uh, we ended up stealing uh, Danny Lewis from Louisiana. So, yeah, I mean, everybody around the country probably knows him as the guy who got grounded on by um, Brian Kelly in the yeah. video. But, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm surprised we actually went for him because it, they make our third tight end of this class. We, we got, um, let's see, sorry, we got, I mean, Jules Skinner was, gonna, was committed, but he signed with Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, Amari Black is more like a uh, tall, lanky water uh, tight end. Mm-hmm. So, but... And guys like that, and they overall we finished it like the two on two four seven sports. I mean, if you count in the transfers like Jermaine Burton, Jameer Gibbs, Eli Ricks. I mean, some say have us a number one overall, but you know, overall 
was a pretty good class. I think we met a lot of needs. Tony, can you talk a little bit about those three transfers and what do you think they're going to do next year? Yeah, I mean, Eli Ricks is going to be a day one starter. I mean, we saw him two years ago with LSU. I mean, being locked down, the number two guy. Mm-hmm. And I think Rob Emma obviously is going to be number one. I mean, Jameer Gibbs is, I think, is going to be um, doing all back. I mean, he may, I'm going to bring him up later in the show, probably. I mean, he can catch the ball back, but he's explosive. I mean, Alabama fans don't really – really used to that speed back out of the backfield that can break it for 60 in two seconds. I mean, mm. it's going to be something that Bama fans aren't used to, but they're going to like once they once he gets on the field. And Jermaine Burton, I think, is a uh, definitely essential need that we needed. I mean, everybody we have. I mean, obviously, Williams and Messi off both left to the draft. So, I mean, if we didn't get Burton – all of our wide receivers will really be sophomores and freshmen. So I think and he's one of those guys that is a do-it-all type wide receiver. I mean, he's like Mitchie where he's a possession guy, but he's also got some speed, which I think that will be useful because it's going to allow Saban to kind of pick and choose who he wants on the field. I mean, he can play inside, outside. No doubt. So it allows those young guys to kind of um, come into their like, step, I guess kind of get in their own, like understand – like playing as a few games and not like Bill has the weight on their shoulders to try to put up 100 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Tony. Yeah, I was just running out. I mean, three guys are going to be probably impact players I mean, next year. Hey, real quick. I'm getting a call. Can somebody can somebody check on if the, if they have fired Brian Harson? Can can one of y'all look that up? Yeah, um, I think I don't know if you know Funny Man. Um, he's a guy that does the Alabama games, but he was saying based off one of the European Senior Bowl, he was good as gone. So yeah, um, one of one of my AU buddies just uh, called me, and I just didn't know if they had fired him yet. So I just. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I'm. I was just making sure. Um, so I was. I was starting to. Hey, if that would have broke during this podcast, that would have. That would have been. Uh, that would have been a time right there. But yeah, Tony, man. Uh, you know, we know what Alabama's about. We know what they're going to do. Uh, they're going to be right there once again next year. Those three additions out of the portal, uh, really big pickups and. Uh, D-Lane, man, I want to switch it over to you. Uh, and me and you talk a little bit about Auburn. And, man, what do you think about – what are your thoughts about not signing a single person this past week? I mean, really – I mean, really, what is that to think about? I mean, would you – if you're a – you know, if you're a four- or five-star, I mean, would, would you sign with Auburn right now? I mean, uh, where – they're they're pretty much looking for a yes man. I mean, they don't want they they don't want a coach. I mean, this it's crazy with you know some of the stories that we're reading right now. And I know if, if I'm a four or five star, even a three star, I mean, why would I go to a dumpster fire? I mean, like mm. that doesn't make you know. So I don't I don't know. It's just it's it's crazy with what's going on with Auburn. I mean, didn't sign a single. Didn't find a single soul. I mean, yeah. The only person we signed was Cash for the friendly guy. I mean, <laughs> and you know, man, you know, I, I, I look. There's three. 
I said it on a previous episode. There was three targets. It was the Pyburn kid, Farmer that DG mentioned, and Citizen that DG also mentioned. Those were the three guys that Auburn were going after that I kind of said, hey, you don't need to strike out or the picture at Auburn's going to get worse. Like, it, it's going to – it's gonna the hot seat is really going to get hotter. And what do you know? They strike out. And I put it on Twitter. I said, man, isn't it a little alarming how Billy Napier just walks into Florida and Auburn's head-to-head with a couple of guys and you lost, all right? Billy Napier spanked you in the recruiting battle. You lost. And – um, it, it was just alarming to me. Now I'm starting to hear the more that I dig into all this, I'm starting to hear that Brian Harson has problems with um, um, relationships with these Southern kids. He doesn't know how to talk to people. Um, he's he comes off as too hard. Um, you know, I don't I don't really believe in all that, but in in today's world. Um, I guess it's a thing as being too hard. I don't know. But I thought it was a failure for Auburn not to sign a single soul. I know some people disagree, but in my opinion, those were the three guys and you struck out. And uh, now apparently we're waiting on another strikeout at any moment. So, uh, you know, I, I like that little recruiting roundup. And before we take a quick hey, break. Real quick, real quick, while we're still talking about recruiting. What you got? Um, I don't know if you saw that thing I sent you guys earlier on Twitter, right? Me yesterday mm-hmm. about uh, what, what Arch Manning's been saying. Mm-hmm. So it says this is this is what this is like from twenty four seven. It says the Gators seem to be getting more involved with top star number one quarterback and number one recruit in the nation. Arch Manning, of course, through Sam Spiegelman for long three. Coach Napier and the Gators seem proud to make a strong push for him. His offensive minded coaching style has been well received by many. And there are Louisiana Pablo staff with Jabari Luke and Corey Raymond. Coach Napier has visited Arch Manning a few weeks ago. I'm just going to let you boys know if we pull Arch Manning after Billy Napier has been the coach for three months, I'm going to start getting ignorant. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just letting y'all know. Um, hey, that that's going to be a fun battle to watch, man. Uh, a talented kid. Um, obviously, a, a well known family, talented family. Uh, and that's going to be a fun one to watch. But, hey, I want to kick it over here to about these uh, Jimbo Fisher comments about this NIL stuff and, and how they didn't pay these kids. Uh, DG, what are your thoughts on, on everything that was said, and, and what do you think Texas A&M actually did, and how did they get all these recruits from previous years where they barely signed five stars? Man, I don't know, dude, because I was just, I'm looking on the home three, and they, I think it said they landed eight five-stars. Yeah. Where yeah, I, I want to say before this year, they maybe landed maybe eight ever. It was like six total, yeah. Yeah. In these years. I mean, just put it this way. They're saying they're not, they're not. So, like, I like home three. I don't know if guys have ever visited on three, but on three's recruiting. It, like, tells you, like, some of these kids, like, you know, NIL value. Mm-hmm. And just on the kids that they got, all right? I'm just going to read out the people. Evan Stewart, number one wide receiver in the country, NIL value, $778,000. Gabriel Brownlaw, then he, the number five, Stephen's lineman, number 12 overall player, $23,000. Denver Harris, number three cornerback, $43,000. Uh, 
Carl Wake, Weigman, Weigman, number two quarterback, $60,000. All those guys are five stars. Let's go to the guys they just got this past week. Walter Nolan, number two player in the country, $114,000. <laughs> Shamar Stewart, number three player in the country, $76,000. Like, come on, man. Like, you can one jack shit, if ever. And uh, you're telling yeah. me, you tell me they're going to land the number two, the number three, and the number four player in the country in the same class? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, like, like that, what you, who, who is number one player? Oh, the only reason they didn't land the number one player in the country is because Travis Hunter signed a deal with Barstool. Right? That's the only reason they probably didn't get him. Yeah. Yeah, Tony, Tony, what, what were you going to say? I was like going to say, um, well, you know, I think they signed like four, like, top defensive linemen. I'm sitting here like, who is Jimbo Fisher producing in the NFL? It's like on the defensive line. I'm like, oh, what can he, like? You're right, Miles Jim was already there. I mean, Really think about it. I mean, he's done like any track record to prove like he can produce his defense line. I mean, he got four or five stars without apparently money and nothing to do with it. So there's, and there's another, there's another kid, number, the number eight player in the country, Lapius Overton. Yeah, he hasn't signed or committed anywhere yet, and they have him ninety-seven percent to Texas A&M. Man, and <laughs> that's my thing with it is is like, you know. What is what is Texas A and M done to to flip recruiting like this all of a sudden? What okay they beat Alabama, but I mean you know Auburn's beaten Alabama before, and all of a sudden you don't see them with the number one class in the country. You know, uh, D Lane, what what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean uh, for him to you know sit there and say, oh, you know, we put a lot of hard work. I mean, I think we're all kind of you know hard work and stuff into it. I mean, I think we're all on the same dance. Like. Yeah, okay, yeah, you might have, you know, did the hard work, you know, traveling all the way across the country to see these kids and, you know, talk to them. But there's definitely, you know, some money involved. 100%. I think I was talking to D-Money the uh, the other day, and I don't know how true it is, but there was a rumor that uh, I saw that if you commit to A&M, now I don't know if it's just like, if you just say, hey, you know, like, yeah, I'll commit. So, like, I guess if you commit and sign, like, it's up front 50 grand. Mm. So, like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but, uh, you know, we're all on the same thing. Like, what has Jimbo done? I mean, since it's A&M, he has a 34-14 and 14 record. I mean, not even close. You know, not, not a good record. I mean, not anywhere, but he snipped the playoffs last year. Might have got snubbed. Um, who knows? I mean, I think it would have been the same outcome. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't get like, snubbed, in my opinion. That you shouldn't have got blown out. Yeah, yeah, but that's, that's just that me. Is true. Um, but it's you know, so that's that's the whole thing. Is I don't. I mean, for him to say that it's hard work and they didn't put no money into it, I just that that's a complete lie. I mean, it's complete just, just bull crap. So yeah. I don't. That's a fact. And, uh, man, I, I mean, I know the number, they were saying it was $30 million or whatever, but that's a little that's a little stretch to me. But, 
but definitely I think I think they you know they spent a lot of money and uh in recruiting the kids to come there with the number one class and Jimbo can say what he wants but uh you know I think we're all in a in agreement there uh man I'm on I'm on I'm gonna do a little quick ad break real quick I'm gonna uh, run a little ad and then we'll hop right back on here so we'll see you on just a second welcome back everybody and the second half of this episode, we are going to dive into the Brian Harson situation at Auburn. And then we're going to, once again, talk about Dark Horse Heisman, Dark Horse playoff team, uh, next SEC coach that pop, could possibly get fired. Then we're going to give one bold SEC prediction for 2022. And then we are going to give a Super Bowl pick at the end of this episode from each guy. Uh, first, I want to kick it to DG and get his thoughts on the Brian Harson situation at Auburn right now. Ma'am, what do you think is going on at Auburn? Man, I, I don't know. Dude. Honestly, like, I don't keep up with Auburn as much as you guys do. Mm-hmm. Man, like, just from what I hear, like, I've listened, you know, seen what you guys think about last two days, and then just what I've seen on Twitter, man. It seems like the, team, the kids on the team are behind you, but then you got, like y'all said a couple times, you got the administration, the people – who are Brian Hawkins' boss are behind them. Like they're trying, and I'm not, obviously no one knows for sure what the truth is about the whole possibility of an affair and all mm-hmm. that. But, you know, for one thing, if that's not true, that, that the people who anybody throws that kind of crap around should lose their job. Well, first of all, now, now you're judging the man. You know, you're judging the dude's character. You're putting, putting it, it's not just him. Like you got to think he has a family. He's got kids. Like he's got a wife. Right? It's not just him that you're messing with. Mm-hmm. Um, so and, and, and honestly, man, like I don't know what Auburn like. If you're all, if you're Auburn, I mean, obviously you guys are Auburn fans. If you're an Auburn person, okay, let's say you hire, let's say you fire this guy. All right, there's no coach in the country right now. I mean, I really want to go to Auburn. Like they just gave up on it. They just you know threw a dude out under the bus and got rid of him after a year, one year. No doubt, because you know some people don't like him or because he had so many kids transfer out. Like, man, all the kids that transferred went to Gus Miles on. It's not like they went to other big programs. Like, yeah. they went to the freaking Conference USA or whatever they had UCF for. Like, what was that about? They're in the Big 12 now. They're about to be the Big 12. Right? Yeah. Like, it'd be different if you were losing these kids to Alabama, close to Ohio State, Georgia, Texas a Florida. Like, you're losing these guys to Central Florida. Who cares? Mm. Like, obviously, those guys must not. Either they don't think they're good. What that tells me, man, like, most of the time, obviously, there are possibly plenty of times in the past where kids have transferred and it's worked out great. But if you're good, you're at school and you decide to transfer to me, that sometimes you can look at it like these kids just don't want to compete. You mm-hmm. think my guy from Auburn going to UCF? You got, hey, I'm I'm leaving Auburn. I'm going to UCF probably. Yeah. Because I'm a five star at Auburn, or I'm a two star, three four star at Auburn. I go to UCF. I'm like the next freaking Aaron Donald down there. Like mm-hmm. if I can dominate Auburn practice, if I can you know dominate some offensive Auburn in SEC, like what am I going to do in the American Conference? Like. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I think it's crazy what's going on. I think uh, thank God y'all got a good basketball team because you know it's trying to it's trying to put that bandaid on it for y'all. But it's uh, it's a lot going on. It just seems like a crazy time to to be doing going going through this, especially if it's not true. Like if this, if this is a true thing that happened, like maybe sure, okay, get rid of it. But this is just a legit thing, and there's no proof that this ever happened. Like, you're just digging yourself a bigger hole. Like you said, y'all didn't have a good time today because, no you know, 
for whatever reason, and now you're just digging that hole even deeper. You just lost your new OCs. Now you're saying your coach is sleeping with one of his staff members. Like, Kiffin, you, you didn't have to sign it this year. It's not going to get better if you keep having stuff like this going on in the program. So, um, I think I'll really a tough spot, man. I really do. Yeah, Tony, uh, you want to hop in and give your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Dalton nailed it on the head. I mean, it's kind of a sticky situation. I mean, if that's, if they're really making that stuff up, then I think uh, the, the girl that's alleged and involved needs to be paid for – I mean, she's got to put up with this. I mean, she has to walk around at the Auburn facilities and, mm-hmm. like, deal with those accusations like that. Not, I mean, her and Ryan Harson. But, I mean, like Dalton says, well, I mean, like, who are you going to go get? I mean, are you going to try to go coach somebody else? I mean, I don't think so. Nah. You know, there you got to take a basically a, a leap of faith on somebody else. And, I mean, I, mean, I don't know if you have looked too much into next year's recruiting class. I mean, y'all got to – I'm going to figure it out here soon. Because that 23 Alabama class, that's nah. – uh, there's five or six five stars and I think a dozen or more four stars. Yep. If Auburn doesn't figure it out, I mean – Good, good bit of talent. They could probably keep on. Yeah, and man, like you said, Tony, um, I've heard a lot of stuff this past weekend. Um, this past week, I should say, about the girl involved, um, Austin Davis, the OC, getting let go, and um, Brian Harson's attitude towards some of the players and and uh, the staff members and all that. And I'm going to share some of that from what I've heard uh, on the 247 site and and just what I've had people text me and stuff. Uh, but, D-Lane, I want to switch it over to you, and I want to get your thoughts on it because I know you, uh, you want to say something. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what uh... – I don't know. I think what they're doing, I think all the, you know, the rumors of him sleeping with the assistant, I, I think it's bogus. Uh, I think, I think they're all false. I mean, if, if she's been, you know, like, if they've been, a, if she's been his assistant for so long, like, you know, why didn't it come out of Boise State? Either he's a really good cheater and he can hide it very well, or, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. But well, I think what, what the boosters are doing to this man and trying to, you know, get him gone because he's, he don't have that Gus Malzahn attitude. He's got a, you know, he, he has a winning, a winning mentality. Mm-hmm. And where Gus had that, hey, I want to be a friend first and then a coach, this guy, it seems like, I mean, like a lot of the players saying, he is a coach first, friend second. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to develop. He, he wants to push you to be better to get you to the next level and take care of your family in the future. Mm-hmm. Where Gus wanted to be Mr. Nice Guy. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they, like you see it, Big Cat couldn't handle it. Transferred to UCF, he was terrible. He was overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe Hudson, he couldn't catch COVID. Um, <laughs> I mean, so I mean, get him out. I mean, he. So that's the thing. A lot of these players that are transferring, you know, like Deke, they're not they're not going to your rivals or you know the other big schools. They're yeah. going to where they they can get away with what they want. They're going to Gus, and so is. Get get the losers out of the program. All right, I want I want dogs. I want winners. Um, it's like one of one of the players said that he didn't like Carson because he didn't know his mama's name. Bro, I don't care if I don't care if the coach knows my mama's name as long as he can push me 
the possibility of making millions of dollars, I could care less. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, like, what, what, what is your coach knowing your mom's name? Like, what does that, what does that get you? I mean, that's that's just that's crazy to me, and that's that's the thing. I think all the boosters that are doing this, I think Auburn, uh, I, I guess Auburn needs to step in, and if all of this comes out false, uh, I think all the boosters, you know, just just get them gone. I mean, if if Auburn has to wear Russell instead of Under Armour, I don't care. Just we are completely running Auburn football into the ground, and like they said, you're just digging a hole. And I don't think you're coming out of this hole for the next 10 years. I mean, it's just wild what's going on up there right now. All right, here's so, here's we'll see, I guess. here's my thing with Auburn football. And stay with me. All right, so as as all of you know, I was not a Gus Malzahn fan. Um, I, I was off the Gus bus uh, 2017. I got off the Gus bus Um I thought that 2017 team that beat Alabama was his best team at Auburn uh, from top to bottom talent on the roster was his best team. He blew a lead at LSU, uh, just just games that he lost that he shouldn't have. He got in Atlanta with Georgia and got absolutely dominated. Um, and I just – I wasn't a fan of him. Um he always come off to me as being soft. Um, and I know some of the Auburn players that played for him were like, man, we're tired of that soft word being thrown around. But but just watch his demeanor on the sidelines when he coaches. You could see it. You see him, and then you watch Saban. And and it was a, it was just a level of softness to me with, with Malzahn. And I've heard in Twitter spaces this week, this weekend – that some players under Malzahn got treated differently. If you were producing at Auburn, you got treated differently than players who weren't producing. All right, that that's not that's not how it goes. All right, and I was off the Malzahn train. I wanted him fired. They fired him. All right, once they fired him, this is where I was at. All right, do not hire Kevin Steele. Okay. They wanted to hire Kevin Steele. The, the bot, the board of trustees wanted Kevin Steele. Alan Green, the AD, did not want Kevin Steele. I don't know if you guys remember, but Auburn Twitter blew up, and there was this big thing about uh, stop Steele, and uh, it, yeah. it it went viral and everything, man. And they interviewed a couple of people. Uh, Sarkeesian, they wanted Sarkeesian, and – they wouldn't come to a a, a money agreement or uh, uh, giving him full autonomy or whatever. Uh, Billy Napier, Billy Napier said, "Hey, I'm not coming to that dumpster fire because you won't give me full autonomy. Uh, I don't want no part of it." Uh, and and then all of a sudden you get Brian Harson to come down from Boise. And what I think Brian Harson come down here to do was, I think he tried to implement a Nick Saban mentality at Auburn and it's going to be my way or the highway. And if you don't like it, then you can get the hell out of the way. All right. You can pat the pavement. And I think these people on the inside at Auburn do not like that. And I think these claims about having an affair and all this are bogus. Um, I've heard this weekend 
in a Twitter space that Austin Davis was on drugs. Um, he got caught. He got caught using drugs at Brian Harson's house or something like. I mean, it this this shit is yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. You know, I I I sat up last night and listened to a Twitter space for like three hours, and they're hitting me with shit like Austin Davis getting caught using drugs at at Brian Harson's house or something like. I mean, what? This this program is spiraling out of control, and it's all because <laughs> you know. I mean, it's it's. I I don't I don't know, man. I don't know where it went wrong. You know, I mean, just let the man. We have to let the man do his job, and all this is happening because a bunch of rich white men who have never been put in their place before are now having to go toe-to-toe with this man, and he's saying, hey, I'm going to run it my way, and if you don't like it, then get out of the way, all right? And they don't like it. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to find a way to fire him for calls, not pay him his buyout, which is shitty, all right? And if I was Brian Harson and you kept me as your coach, I would run out of the tunnel in week one, and I would I would drop all of my shit and quit on the sideline week one. That's what I would do. I mean, I mean, it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. I would, I would literally run out, I run out of the tunnel and say, Hey, guess what? This is what y'all get for everything you've said about me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, Instagram live from former players, whatever. And I would drop my headset my playbook, whatever, I'm out. Y'all have fun, all right? Because it's embarrassing. And and like Tony said, you better get a grasp on it real quick because that 23 class, hey, if you if you let Alabama dominate you next year in that class, it, <laughs> you're in trouble, man. You're you're in trouble. It's going to be a long haul uh, uh, to get back to the top. And, uh, you know, in my opinion, Auburn's had too much success recently. You know, uh, they're not a Miami or a Nebraska or anything like that. Man, Auburn has won. Auburn has been to the SEC championship recently. You know, there's no reason for this. And Auburn's got a problem on the inside, and they got to fix it. But that's my thoughts. That's my little – what is it, Tony? I don't think they even had that bad of a season like his first year. I mean, no, year, we had a quarterback uh, break his ankle, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's holding, holding the football. I mean, seriously, I'd probably be texting him. Yeah. And, uh, makes the Iron Bowl basically the winner of the SEC championship. I mean, you're telling me, I mean, if I was an Auburn fan, I mean, I understand Auburn fans are like, basically, national championship or like the world's over. But, I mean, if you're telling me a coach comes in and like, you have Nick Alabama's, like, the problem, in my opinion, I mean, a full healthy, probably the best team in the country passing game-wise, and y'all and basically hold them to nothing. Yeah. And have taken them a double overtime. I mean, I would be happy with that for first year. Like, I'd be excited coming in and not like, where we're at now, we're basically saying, we're going to be, he's going to be fired after one year. Yes. Yeah. Crazy, yes. I mean, yeah. yeah, and Tony, I remember putting on Twitter, after the Iron Bowl, I said, man, I'm damn proud of my Auburn Tigers. 
I'm damn proud of them. Even though they lost, I was proud because, man, I can tell you what, if Gus Malzahn was the coach of that game and and my Auburn Tigers were 6-5 and five going into that Iron Bowl, we would have got beat 52-17. to 17. All right, because I've watched it in the previous years. When Auburn sucked under Gus, they got blown out in Iron Bowls. All right, they got blown out. All right, and for Auburn to come in there and fight the way they did, and 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 they shut Bryce Young down, like you said, for majority of the game, and it just it gave me a little hope, a little a little sign of confidence right there. And now all this bullshit has occurred, and uh, it just doesn't sit well with me, man. But Fellas, we're gonna we're gonna move past yeah, that. What you got? It's kind of like Tony was saying. Like, like you know, Tony saying it was a good season. Like, I just pulled y'all's record. I said I don't fall over as well. But I mean, you lose twenty-eight to twenty at Penn State, where you probably if you run the ball in the red zone, you probably win that game. Yep. You, or, or you take away that terrible targeting call that mm-hmm. changes the game. Right. You beat the number. You beat a good or very good Arkansas team by two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You beat a very good old Miss team by 11 points. You're in the game with Texas and for the majority of the game. Mississippi State, you pissed down your leg, but outside of that, it wasn't like you played terrible. Like, you had a great first half, you just didn't finish. Yep. You lost to an up-and-coming South Carolina team with a backup quarterback who's, who, good God, I don't know how to hate T.J. Finley. <laughs> He's... And then you lose to Alabama. You lose to Alabama in, in, in the, maybe the worst – Overtime rules of all time. So it's like, you know, they they they, it, they literally went down the field a minute or whatever it was, 35 seconds or something. Yeah. The score took down. When you beat them and you ruin their season as well. So it's like, what was y'all say? Total final record, seven and six, six and six? Six and seven, but, but, you know. Let me ask the hell. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's bad as six and seven sucks. Like, it's a hell of a six and seven if you really, want to, if you really break it down. I mean, of course, y'all, y'all probably should have beat Houston. I mean, y'all had. Yeah. Uh, y'all's top two corners. I mean, y'all beat Houston. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> call and, you know, that, that's another thing. You know, like I always tell my listeners, go back and listen to previous episodes. I told Auburn fans going to the Houston game, we had like 12 or 13 people sit out of that game. I said, don't expect to win this bowl game, okay? And people, people thought I was joking or I don't know, but I told you, don't expect to win the bowl game. Because Auburn's thin, their depth, they had depth issues, and it just it wasn't looking good with TJ Finley at quarterback. Um, he has less movement than the Statue of Liberty. Um, I mean, I, I'm sorry, I just think he is one of the worst uh, SEC quarterbacks that I have watched uh, in a in a in a I, hot I, can, I, can, I can stop you there. I can stop you there. Uh, who you, who, who you who you got? Tony just said his name. His name's Trey Oh, yeah. Uh, I can I can name a couple. Like you want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> we had we had, we had, we had, we had, we had two thousand seventeen. It was just God. Yeah. Um, we've we've had a couple too, man. But look, guys. Uh, I am going to. I'm gonna kick this over, and we're gonna do a little, a new little segment uh, to all our all our new listeners. We are going to pick a dark horse Heisman, dark horse playoff team, 
um, who we think the next SEC coach is to get fired and a bold SEC prediction, and we're going to do that right now. So starting off with DG, I'm going to kick it to you, man, and I want you to give me one dark horse Heisman for the 2022 season. Dark horse Heisman for 2022. All right, let's think about it. When we say dark horse, are we thinking like a no-name guy or somebody who's well-known that just hasn't maybe done a lot of stuff yet? Anybody in the country. All right. My dark horse Heisman, this is super bold. Mm Mm-hmm. Katie Klubnick. Who is that? Wow. From okay. True freshman. Wow. True freshman. He takes he takes the job over the second half of their first game. DJ Ungalele is in the portal. Wow. With another superstar freshman, Wow. Wow. That's bold. Bold out the gate from Dalton Derrick. <laughs> Tony Butt, you're up next, my man. Wow. <laughs> wow. These are getting good. These are getting good. in the mailman Bennett what a pick what a pick went from raising canes all right to the Heisman love that guy grand total 3318 um uh D Lane you were up next man I think I got the most bold one of them all Jalen Hurts and Does he have out. does he have any receivers to even throw it to? Oh boy. Oh boy. Give my dark horse Heisman pick for 2022, 
and it is going to be Jackson Dart at Ole Miss. I think Lane gets him in there, and I think Jackson Dart has a special year. I think uh, I think Ole Miss, you know, they they get hot, um, and I think he puts up big numbers, and and I think they could uh, they could do a little damage over there. Um, so that's mine. Um, I like the the Ole Miss transfer portal pickups that they've had, and uh, yeah, I think they're gonna I think they're gonna bury a couple teams in the West, but uh, yeah. So right now, guys, I'm gonna uh, we're we're running low on this portion of time. I'm gonna I'm gonna run into another uh, little ad break, and then we'll we'll kick it right back up. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we're gonna keep this thing rolling real quick. Uh, our next little uh, point is Dark Horse Playoff Team. DG, give me your Dark Horse Playoff Team for 2022. Uh, I'm going to give you two. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to go. I, don't, I know y'all have already talked about national championship contenders and all that stuff mm-hmm. in the previous episode. Um, but I'm going to say one of my Dark Horse picks, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like it. All right. Mm-hmm. My number two Dark Horse pick, the Wake Forest Demon Dickens. Oh, wow. like that. I like it. The I think, nerds. I think, both teams, I think both teams have really good quarterbacks. I think KJ Jefferson could be probably, I mean, going to the season, if you ask me right now, he's the second best quarterback in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, in, the, in the ACC, you look at ACC and – Sam Hartman is by far the best quarterback in ACC right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Wake Forest just had a, a remnant of a defense this year, they might have gone eleven and one. I mean, like they lost one game, they like scored seventy four points, and they got beat by a touchdown. Like, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I'm going up seventy four points and my defense gives up eighty one, I'm quit. I'm fighting the team and leaving. <laughs> um, so I say KJ Jefferson, man. I think uh, he he had a great season, man. I think he uh yeah. They are obviously they're losing their best receiver, Traylon Burks or Traylon Burks, but they also picked up Jane Hazelwood from Oklahoma. Like they've had a, they had an insane, insanely good transfer portal pickup. They had Jane Hazelwood from Oklahoma, and they got Drew Sanders from Alabama. Um, I think both those guys can do big things. Only problem is they are in the West, and they did pull Georgia again as one of their East teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's tough. Mm-hmm. You got to play Alabama. You got to play Georgia. You got to play a But, man, I don't see – outside of A&M and Alabama, I don't think the West is that strong. Like, I mean, we don't know for sure what Ole Miss is going to be. I don't think LSU is worth a damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see who else. Mississippi State, Will Rogers is a good quarterback, but they throw the ball 75 times a game. Like, you, eventually <laughs> that's not going to work. Yep. Uh, who else they play? I can't think who else in the West. I mean, 
you look at the ACC, I don't, they might not even have a top 10 team preseason. Uh, Clemson, again, I think Clemson can be good, but Clemson's got to make a quarterback change for them to be elite. I think Clay Clemson is stud. They already got Will Shipley. I mean, they, they recruit well, so like, they got studs on the outside. They got players. It's just going to be the Zabo realize, hey, DJ Ungalele ain't, ain't it. Let's bench this guy and let's move on to the new five-star. Mm-hmm. So those are my two picks, Wake Forest and Arkansas. Tony Butt, you're up, man. Give us your pick. Man, I see we're going to go with Arkansas, too, but I'll give you more than I think has the potential. I mean, I'm, my first one is uh, the Texas Longhorns. Wow. I think they had a chance. I mean, you look at the Big 12, I mean, they're going to be down. Oklahoma got basically, I mean, their ex-wife took all their stuff when USC. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, they're going to go. I mean, really, in the Big 12, they don't really have anybody. They play Alabama second week of the season. Mm-hmm. I think maybe one of you are just going to be legit. I mean, I think the Alabama game, he's going to struggle a little bit, but I think he's going to find his grasp. He's going to, uh, I think he's going to find some confidence. And, he, and by the time they play Oklahoma, he's gonna, they're going to be in a stride and maybe win the Big 12. And, I mean, there's four teams here I make it, and I don't think they're going to let three SEC teams in there. So, I think... Texas has a chance. And my second one is, I think, the Michigan Wolverines. I think they go back-to-back, maybe. I think they mm. – because I think their offense with J.J. McCarthy is a lot more modernized. I think they're able to throw the ball, they mm-hmm. run. I think they got a shot. I think they could be Ohio State. I mean, if Ohio State doesn't fix their running defense, then mm-hmm. that's going to be another issue. But, I mean, we both them a shot. Mm, I like that. I like that Michigan pick. That that's that's a good one. Uh, D Lane, what you got? Um, I'm say I'm I'm just gonna do one dark horse, and uh, I think even though uh, Tony, you know, talking about Oklahoma's ex-wife, uh, I think that's who I'm going with. I'm gonna go to USC Trojans with Lincoln Riley. Mm. Um, he took you know possibly Oklahoma's two best players and uh, Caleb Williams and uh, the Mario Williams and so I think that and once again you know we've talked about a couple of things in the past the Pac-12 I mean it's, it's weak as well water uh, Oregon I think they're kind of going to be in a little I mean one you got that naked quarterback I don't want to you can go ahead and say them in the dumpster fire the third round um, <laughs> and so I really think USC first year head coach Lincoln Riley I think he takes them uh, to the playoffs, I think they're going to be my dark horse. So, we'll see what happens out there on the West Coast. Definitely yeah. stay up a lot. Just uh, definitely stay up late. A lot of games this year on the West Coast. Love it, but it's terrible football. Let's get it. Let's get it out. Let's be honest, Bill. Yeah, I'm ready for it. And and that was my uh, that was my dark horse as well. I was going to say USC. Uh, called it when it happened. Um, I said that the turnaround wouldn't take long. They're going to have Will Farrell, Snoop Dogg over there on the sidelines, uh, the DJ D-Rex on the ones and twos, uh, Reggie Bush, Matt Liner chopping it up over there. Uh, they're going to have the money gun, uh, celebrities, Hollywood sign. Uh, everything's going to be glitz and glamour. Uh, and Caleb Williams just signed a new deal with Beats on the NIL. And, uh, I mean, they're just absolutely – just tossing money up in the air over there in L.A. And I like the USC Trojans to make the playoffs and get absolutely annihilated in the first round um, in that college football semifinal. 
Um, so now, look, this is a tough one, all right? This is a tough one, and, and this is what I like. Uh, who is the next SEC coach to get fired besides Brian Harson? Uh, DG, kick it off, man. Jimbo Fisher. Oh! Everybody. <laughs> man, like we said, man, like, he, he had one good season at Florida State, and everybody called him the next, you know, greatest coach ever. He won. He had one good player, one of the one of the championship, dipped out. What did he do after that? The man was terrible. Mm. Like, he was so bad at Florida State his last two years, Florida State still had recovered. He's been gone for five years. <laughs> um, uh, sure, he recruited a great class. He's got plenty of talent. Like Tony said earlier, eventually all these kids are going to realize, man, we got 19 defensive linemen. We can't all play at the same time. I'm going to mm-hmm. play for real. And they're going to start leaving. They're going to start transferring. Hey, man, you know what? I got my $100,000 from Ole Miss or from Texas now. I guarantee Alabama's got a bag, too. USC's got a bag, too. Ohio State's got a bag, too. I'm out. Let me go play somewhere. Um, I think Booster's ready to go start seeing it. Man, this guy is recruiting his ass off when he's going 8-4, or 9-3. Like, people forget, until the GOAT and Tuscaloosa leaves, Jimbo Fisher has to still beat him consistently. Congratulations, you beat him once. Do it again this year. It ain't going to happen. You got to play him in Tuscaloosa with Bryce Young, with Will Anderson, with Dallas Turner. Like, you're going to get John Balls beat out. You got to beat Arkansas. Probably not going to happen. I mean, like, right now, if, I, if you ask me right now, Texas and them goes, I mean, 10 twos are stealing, in my opinion. I don't know if they, give, I don't know if they do better than 10 twos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. So, yes, Jimbo Fitch, I think the boosters start, I think, you know, I'm not saying he gets fired this year. You, mean, yeah, think, you think the people start murmuring, right? You think, you think, yeah, yeah. I think they come out this year, if they go, if they go, if they're, if they're 10 and 2, 9 and 3, or, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. there starts to be a little, like, oh, man, like, He's recruiting his tail off, but you know, he's not. Was, I think he's not developing them right. You know, he's not getting these kids ready. Like, you know, why can't we? Why can't we, we got just as many five stars in Alabama now? Why can't we compete? And, and honestly, man, they could be undefeated. What happens if Alabama comes out there and beats them fifty-one to ten or something? Mm. Remember when Kevin, Kevin someone Kevin someone had them teams too, man. Kevin someone mm-hmm. they were flying hot. They'd be six and zero. There were four teams in the country. They show up to Tuscaloosa or Alabama show up to them. Mm-hmm. College school before nine seven, we turned off the halftime. Yep. So it's like, what what's changed? Other than the coach, nothing's changed. So unless John Manziel walks out of locker room, take that ain't changed a lot. Bit. So Jimbo Fisher is my bold prediction for the next SEC coach to get hired. Yeah. And 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 speaking of Johnny Manziel, uh, we we have all the respect in the world on this show for Johnny. Uh, I just want to throw that out there, Johnny Manziel. If you ever get a hold of this podcast, brother, we would love to have you on. You are a legend. He built huh? He built That's a fact. He did. That is the house that Johnny built. Uh, and you are a legend, and uh, we would love to party with you one night as well. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Tony Butt, you were up next. What you got, man? I think LSU's fan base is not going to accept their place in the West in the year. And I think they're going to move on pretty quickly within three or four years. I, I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're going to beat the Alabama and Texas on a regular basis. It's just, it's just too hard to do. Y'all, how, 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 how cringe is those fucking dancing videos? <laughs> Man, I 
Hey, that's one out of left field right there, but I absolutely like it because I hate those dancing videos. I can't stand them. I want to block LSU football on Twitter. Uh, D Lane, what you got? Uh, I think I'm gonna. I'm, uh, it's bold, but uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Lane Kiffin. Oh. Wow. Um, yeah, I just. I, he's one of the coaches. opinion man i like lane but lane uh takes too many risks and gambles uh for for my liking uh i think that he, he lost that he lost that alabama game right out the gate last year going for it uh really and truly on that very first drive uh going for it instead of just getting points and staying in the game uh you know just some of his coaching calls like you said d lane they're just kind of kind of iffy to me, and, and hey, I, I could see it, honestly. I mean, you know, we got, we got to see how this Jackson Dart thing turns out and and all the, the portal uh, the portal guys that they got. Did y'all see the thing that he posted, uh, the Tiger King thing on Twitter with him yeah. hugging? Hey, hey, look, the guy knows how to do Twitter, so I do love that, but yeah. – uh, Good, good dude. Uh, but that's kind of what I'm, I'm I, you know, I get it. Like, that, I, I don't know if Ole Miss, like, do they like that or do they, or, or you know, do they like that or don't they? I, well, like, that, that's my problem with him. I think he's more of a, he, I, I, I really don't know what to call him. I just don't think he's a damn old 2.0. Dan Mullen 2.0, wow. That's, that's, that's. I mean, those Mississippi schools are content with 10 and 2 normally. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're baseball schools. They're baseball schools, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Vanderbilt knows they're a baseball school. Yeah. And they're content with that 10 and 2. And, you know, look, here's mine. And I know we're talking about Mississippi schools, but. I think the pressure is on at Mississippi State, okay? And here's why. A lot of people disagree with me, but 
All right, you're getting your ass kicked by your rival, okay? You have an offense that it's it's hit or miss, let's be honest. You throw the ball, like DG said earlier, you throw the ball 70 times a game, all right? You look, you got to run the ball in the SEC to be productive, um, to, to last in the SEC, honestly, because throwing the ball 70 times a game ain't going to get it done. All right, you and it's just look. You're gonna have your Auburn comebacks and all that, like they did. But more times than not, it's gonna be like the Alabama game last year. You're gonna get ran smooth out the building. All right, and they keep losing to Ole Miss like they're doing. I think Mike Leach is out at Mississippi State, and I think it could possibly happen after next season. Because um, I just, yeah, yeah, I, I honestly believe that. I don't think Mississippi State will be happy. Going six and six or seven and five again, and watching Ole Miss go back. You know, if Ole Miss goes nine and three or ten and two or goes back to a Sugar Bowl, I think Mississippi State pulls the plug on the Mad Scientist and they get him out of there. Um, and that is my uh, that is my prediction there. Uh, and and guys, the last last thing we want to do is we want to give well take that back we still got a super bowl pick but we are going to give a bold sec prediction for 2022 uh dg kick it off man what's your bold sec prediction bold sec prediction i don't know you might might call me at home might call me at homer for this one no no bold sec prediction is anthony richardson sec player of the year wow okay i like it i like it i think you're in I mean, I think if Anthony Richardson stays healthy, man, I think he is elite. I don't know. I mean, I know, obviously, I saw him for it a lot more. But some of the throws that dude made and the game against LSU, um, everybody's seen his, you know, his athletic ability running and hurdling dudes, running people over, having, like, the second fastest time like anybody has to see on, a, like, a 40-yard sprint all season. Um, that dude's built like a freaking truck. Uh, but for whatever reason, he breaks like glass. So, if he's able to stay healthy, I think that's my bold position. I think he can win SEC Player of the Year. And if he wins SEC Player of the Year, man, that means Florida's doing something good. So that's 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 not, that's going to be my bold prediction for the SEC. Mm, I like it, Tony. What about you, man? Um, I think Texas A&M will regress in 2022. I don't think they'll win. They'll lose, I think they'll lose more than four games this year. Mm. I don't know who. I, I mean, I, I think Arkansas. I think Mississippi State has a great chance of beating them. And I mean, Alabama. They pull Florida and I'm trying to think who. Really, uh, South Carolina from the west, but they I mean from the east, but they also play at South Carolina. So mm. I think they got a shot to lose at least four, maybe five games. And like I think we're talking about earlier, show that Alabama's gonna make Texas A&M fan. Hello. Sorry about that, everybody. Had a little technical difficulties. We got Tony Butt, man, got him back in here. Tony, go ahead, man. Uh, keep uh, keep on going with your, your story. Yeah, man, I was just sort of finishing up, basically. I'm thinking Texas a goes 8-4 and four at the best, maybe 7-5. and five. And after the number one recruiting class, I don't think – Texas fans are gonna be very happy about it. I think that seat gets warmer and they better pull out another class in twenty twenty three or you know maybe on the on the way out. Mm, man. That's a that's a good one. I like that. I like that. D Lane, you up next, man. What you got? 
gonna give a bold prediction but Dalton Lane just took it smooth out from underneath me and oh, no. <laughs> and and y'all remember the other day when I texted y'all and I said hey look out for Kentucky all right and D Lane just hit it on the head son I give me the Wildcats all right up there forget Rupp Arena forget Coach Cal you're getting smashed in March anyways all right by the Auburn Tigers all right and and we are going to Atlanta, baby. We are riding the Kentucky Wildcats to Atlanta. I'm on the train. All right, I'm in it. I love the pick. Uh, I I love it. I love everything about Kentucky football right now. Stoops, you want to come to Auburn? Hey, love it. All right. Um, that that's taking up our uh our bold SEC predictions. Uh, that was a, a fun little new little segment that I'd like to start doing with us four, get us four on here and, and just chopping it up like that. Uh, the last thing I want to I want to do is we are exactly a week away from the Super Bowl. We got the Bengals and we got uh, who, who, who are they playing? Who are they playing? The Rams. The Rams. The Rams. Yeah. Matt Stafford. Yeah. The Bengals and the Rams. All right. That just shows how much we really uh, – I, I get into, you know, pro football. I love it, but I don't love it like college. But, uh, DG, Bengals or Rams, who you got? Man. Uh, it's tough, dude. Uh, I think the Rams' defense is going to be elite. That defensive line with Leonard Floyd, Paul Miller, Aaron Donald, they're going to get after it. They get after their week. I heard they play them. But the last time I checked, Joe Burrow still running out that tunnel in Cincinnati. Joe Burrow still running out there, calling himself Joe Shiesty and Joe Burrow and all this junk. Mm. I think Joe Burrow gets it done. I think Joe Burrow looks at his boy Money Mac and says, "Hey, big dog, go win the Super Bowl." Wow. Money Mac kicks him a field goal at the end of the game in SoFi. Looks at the crowd, gives him a little shh, and, and mm. the Cincinnati Bengals ride out into the sunset. 
at the end of the game, we after the, after the game's over, we see Joe Burrow sitting in the locker room, smoking a cigar with a new big dick Joe hat on, talking <laughs> to Tom Brady, talking about how the, how, the, how the torch has officially been passed to Joe Burrow. Wow. Uh, Tony Butt, you're up. Man, after that NFC Championship where basically Joe Burrow came back from 21-3 and led him to the Super Bowl, I mean, I got to go with the Bengals, man. I think it's just uh, Joe Burrow will not be denied this year. I mean, he's going to win the Super Bowl and basically be MVP. Wow, love it. I, I love the Joe Love. Um, had a whole episode on him um, where I just – I'm a huge Joey B fan, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burr, Joe Cool, Joey Franchise. Hey, we can keep going. D-Lane, I'm going to spin it to you. What's your pick? Yeah, I think uh, I think me and D, uh, I think we're kind of rolling the same way. You know, I mean, I remember they were up 20, uh, 21 to 3. The Chiefs were up 21 to 3. I remember D. Uh, he texted us and said, man, Joe can pack it up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I was kind of thinking the same thing. You know, I was like, man, you know, the Chiefs are just too much. And, uh, you know, of all people, Eli Apple stepping up. And, uh, I mean, what a crazy turn of events that is. But I think, uh, yeah, you know, I think Joe, uh, I think he's tired, like, you know, what he said. He's tired of the underdog narrative. Um, he's tired of, count, you know, people count the Bengals out. Uh, I think his his swag is it's just too much. I mean, you know, the diamonds are real. He already made that clear. He made too much money. Um, <laughs> the just the the swag that he brings and the and the cockiness, I love it. And um, I just I, I got got to roll with the Bengals. I mean, just, I think we're gonna get a lot of uh, dancing to get the gap um, in the locker room after with him and uh, Jamar. But hey, it's definitely not gonna be easy win. <laughs> Uh, you know, like D said, with that Rams defense. But I just, I, I can't go against uh, the cockiness and the, and the flag of, of, of Joe Burr. I mean, he's just, the dude's unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, I can't, can't go against him. But, yeah, um, uh, I'm, I'm ready for next Sunday, that's for sure. Look, here's my pick. Um, Guys, I think Joe Burrow could look like Lieutenant Dan after this game in the hospital bed. All right, I, I, I think he he, he uh, I think it could get bad. Um, that 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 offensive line is absolutely terrible. Uh, the Rams defensive line. Uh, then you get you know you got to factor in Von Miller. Uh, we already know what he can do in a Super Bowl, uh, making big time plays, demolishing quarterbacks. Um, I just think this is a really, really bad matchup for the Bengals. Uh, Jalen Ramsey probably going to be shadowing Jamar Chase. Uh, I just, man, look, <clears throat> I'm going to pick with my heart. I'm going to pick with my heart, and I'm going to say Bengals. Okay, I'm going to give you two picks, one with my heart for, for Joe Shiesty, and I'm going to go Bengals. But then I'm going to have a pick with my brain, and I'm going to say Rams. Rams win it 27 to 21. And that is my, that is my final, uh, that is my final pick. Uh, yeah. So, Hey, had, had a blast on this episode, guys. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, having you four on or you three on here and, and all of us just, just cutting up and, and having a good time, man. I really enjoyed it. 
Uh, hopefully, I can get all of y'all back on at the same time. What do you say? That's good, man. Hey, guys, I really appreciate it. I'll talk to y'all later, and uh, y'all have a good night. All right. Man, what an episode. Guys, absolutely loved it. Uh, We hit on a lot of topics. Um, Just just let loose a little bit there. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Um, just super thankful for those guys uh, taking time on their Sunday to come on here. We were on here for about an hour and a half, just just laughing, cutting up. Uh, had a really good, really good time right there. Um, and man, hey, like I said, it's, it's all because of you guys. Y'all make it possible. If you could go to Apple Podcast, Spotify Podcast, uh, five star reviews, written reviews, whatever, man. Um, just I appreciate all you guys for listening. And I will catch you all on the next one. I'm out. Peace.